Hello and Hello. welcome. Welcome to Conversation Nuggets. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. Paul. <laughs> Hi, okay. listeners. I feel like I always start, so feel free to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, welcome back. We're gonna jump right to it because we have a lot. Uh, so, what's going on with you, Paul? Wow, we right. silent G. So, I am still recovering from my minor concussion, but the good news is that I am starting to feel better, and I feel like I'm regaining some of my lost uh, IQ points. Um, and then, so that's. A good thing, um, but I still think I'm going to take another week off of work just to be safe and just have some time to fully recover. Um, and then the other thing is that I'm going vegan for a week starting today. So I'm going 100% vegan for one week. Oof, that sounds really tough. So what are you going to eat? So I have, well, it sounds tough, but really like there's a lot of prepared vegan stuff already. So today I had a vegan hot dog, and what else did I have? Mm, ah, vegan waffles. So okay. they're not bad. Regular waffles have eggs in them, which is why there needs to be a vegan one. So there's like a seven mm. grain waffle. It's not like fluffy like a regular waffle, but it still has that crunch. And then by the time you put Porsche uh, syrup all over it, like doesn't matter. It the same. Yeah. So what prompted you to go vegan? Um. Well, I really don't have anything against, like, vegetarianism, and nothing, like, compels me to, like, eat meat. Um, and then a lot of the foods that I'm eating already have, like, a lot of vegetables in them. It was a pretty easy transition, I guess, to switch just to, like, completely vegan. Like, all I had to do was, like, omit one or two ingredients from my regular recipes. Interesting. So I thought I'd just give it a shot just for fun. All right. Well, I'm interested to see how you feel. I'm a little, when you said vegan, I was picturing like, oh my God, all of the so, greens, all of the vegetables. No, okay, so they're not gonna be completely healthy foods. So I made a vegetarian, vegan chili, vegan beef chili, which is made from impossible, that impossible like meat uh, thing, but they have like a ground beef version. So I use that instead of regular ground beef. And then I'm also gonna eat vegan grilled cheese, which is made with, uh, okay, margarine so you're <laughs> and <laughs> and fake cheese, vegan cheese. Okay, so you switched out the vegan or the non-vegan items in your current diet for basically yeah. just vegan options. So okay. yeah, I just wanted to try it, see if like you know it was feasible, and if I saw if I had the option of eating meat and like a vegan option, and they were like roughly the same price, but I knew that the vegan one was more sustainable. Like, would it be easy just to like Choose the vegan option. I guess that's the ultimate goal of this experience yeah. to see if I could do that. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, we'll check in next week. <laughs> um, what's going on with me? Nothing really. Let's see. I started running again this week after a week off. That was really exciting. Yay. Um, it's that time of year when now, based on the time that I'm running before work, I get to watch the sunrise, which is just amazing. Oh, yeah. I had a dentist appointment earlier this week. That's never fun. <laughs> and then cavities? no cavities. Okay. So and that's good. Yeah. My, my dental, what is it called? Hygienist. She like talks my ear off every time I'm there. And it's so funny cause she's so nice, but it's also like your hands are in my mouth and it's really hard to talk <laughs> and acknowledge what you're saying. Um, but that was really it. It's been a low key week this week, which I'm okay with. Okay. All right. 
Yeah, I guess that's it. Okay, so I did want to say I was listening to our second episode from last week, and oh my gosh, it's like every time I had some snarky comment about something, I started it off with, I'm sorry, but, and I was like, why am I so annoying? When did I develop this really obnoxious habit of saying, I'm sorry, but? So I'm going to try not to say it so much when I have like irritable, I don't know, thoughts about something. And I'm just going to try to say what I'm saying instead of sounding bitchy. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I recently found out that I say alrighty a lot. <laughs> alrighty then. All right. So we both have work to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. So our first like real agenda item was I subscribed to a couple newsletters and one of them is about, um, the world of professional running. Cause I'm very into running. So I'm not going to like drown you guys with that boring nonsense, but there was a paragraph in the newsletter that talked about why we need more women in the world of coaching and not even specifically like running just in college. So there's this brief paragraph um, we need more women coaches, but we also need athletic directors and administrators who create family-friendly environments for all coaches, male and female, because college coaching can be all-consuming, all-hours kind of job. We need to recognize that at the college level, coaches are often the adults student-athletes get to know best, so it's important that those coaches be a good influence. And I believe that the NCAA should make it illegal to pay coaches below minimum wage. I know that professors are regularly underpaid as well and that it's a major issue, but one that's beyond the scope of this newsletter. So anyone's interested, it's the newsletter called Fast Women. But again, I don't think anyone listening is as into running as I am. This just stood out to me because I feel like, man, colleges and universities in the U.S. make so much money. Like, across the board on basically everything. And especially when it comes to athletics, like I know there was that law that, or maybe that bill that was recently passed in California that lets students now essentially have some sort of sponsorship outside of the college. But like stuff like this drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, you guys are making so much money and you're paying people working at your school, nothing. And like, same goes for professors, like professors, professors, professors are like very smart people and they're very driven, but it seems like they're just not getting rewarded for the work that they're doing. And that stuff kind of drives me crazy. Cause again, like students are shelling out so much money. People are going into debt just to get their degree. And I think college isn't quite what it was 15, 20 years ago. Um, but it just, it drives me crazy. Well, <laughs> I agree with all of that. Um, so I do think that, you know, coaches do have like such a strong influence, especially if you're like an athlete. It's basically like the person who you look up to, who you get all your like wisdom and like, you know, tips from. So, you know, you put a lot of trust and faith into that person and that person in turn has, and like coaches, professors, like, Anyone who has like a lot of knowledge and experience, they put a lot of and like time and investment into like getting to where they are, where they could offer that kind of knowledge and stuff. So I think, yeah, that should be all of that should be rewarded with at the very least a fair wage. Yeah. And it's like, what are the universities doing with all this money that they're getting that they're not spending on the people that work for them or that are some sort of contractor for them? 
Yeah, it like blows my mind when <laughs> when I whenever I hear a story like oh like this college, um, they invested like a hundred like, I think it was like close. I don't even know how much it is, but like close to like a million dollars on like stadium lights. Oh, I would believe I could, it. I could be way off, but like something Some ridiculously, crazy like even if it was a hundred thousand dollars, like I get it. Like those lights are really bright, and there's a lot of them. And they're really expensive, but like just. The sheer, like, I don't know, the priorities, like, I guess. Yeah, I think that's really a good way of putting it. Yeah. Well, all right. So that was our two cents on <laughs> stuff we don't know much about. Um, okay. So as most of you know, Disney has a new streaming service. What is it called? Like Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I know it's been in the news for a while that it was going to come out. So it's not like this weird, crazy thing. Like, oh, my gosh, they have a new service. But the thing, like, <laughs> it's just funny to me because it's one of those things that why do we need so many dang streaming services? A, like, why do we need Hulu and Amazon and Netflix? And I know YouTube's a little bit different, but like, it's there's all these streaming services. And then when I was talking to some of my coworkers about it, and one of the women was like, oh, well, I already have Hulu. So I'm just going to do the option where you can add on the Disney Plus and it's only. Sorry about that. We had a little a bit of technical difficulty. Basically, our mic fell over. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. My so, coworker was like, well, I'm just going to pay a few extra dollars and get like the Hulu and the Disney pair together or whatever. And my one of the other coworkers, she's like, yeah, but which version of Hulu do you have? And like, that was another thing where it's just like, oh my gosh. Okay. So not only do we have multiple streaming services, but there's different tiers on every single service. And that stuff drives me crazy. Like, why do people need so many different options? Why do, you know, I have to subscribe to Netflix one month if I want to be able to binge watch one show. And then I'm like, ah, oh, but there's this other show on Amazon I want to watch. So I'm either going to pay for two different streaming services or I'm going to go through the hassle and obnoxiousness of like pausing or turning off my Netflix just to go subscribe to Amazon for another month so I can binge watch something else. And it's just annoying yeah it's such a hassle which is why i just subscribe to like almost everything and i just leave it that way <laughs> it's just easier not to think about it it yeah. is it's it's so frustrating and like because like, <sighs> i don't know what i want to watch like this week or next week like what if it's on hulu but oh no i just canceled hulu <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> that's my thing and like especially for disney it's like disney stuff was already on the other streaming services. So I get that they're like, well, if we make our own streaming service, then we're going to get more money and we're going to get more of the cut. But it's also, I'm sorry. There, I went, I went for it. I said, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, but do you guys really need any more money? Can't you just let someone else manage you, the streaming service that you put all of your stuff on? Why do you need your own service? It uh. makes me so angry. It's where, well, a few things. Like, I agree. Like, oh, my God, there's way too many options now. And, like, if you were to subscribe to, like, everything that you wanted to watch, like, you'd be shelling out so much money. Like, the, I guess, at least in the beginning, the whole point of, like, internet streaming was that it was, it was supposed to be a lot cheaper than having, like, cable. 
Um, but now that's not really the case because once you have subscribed to like all the things like you're paying, you could be paying a lot more than cable. Um, and then also, I think like several months ago, Hulu and Spotify had a deal and I was like, and they were saying that if you're a Hulu user, you can get free Spotify premium. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Hulu subscriber. So I was like trying to figure out like how to get Spotify premium. But it turns out that you can only get Spotify premium if you've signed up for Hulu, like basic or whatever. And I have Hulu premium. I'm like, why would you have it built like that? Why wouldn't you offer that premium service to your premium subscribers? Yeah, that is it so weird no to, sense me. to me. I was like trying to figure it out. I was literally like online for like an hour trying to figure it out. <laughs> and again, with all the different tiers. Uh, yeah. That is so annoying. And like one other thing is that potentially I could understand. Again, like YouTube's a little different because they're a very different model in terms of streaming. It's people, you know, doing a lot of vlogs and just like random clips of different things. So that's different. But it's like Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. It's not like they're marketing to different people. Well, like, YouTube is really like just to get rid of the ads. And that's such a game changer for me. Because like, Otherwise, if you have regular YouTube and not premium, then you get ads like every 30 seconds, which is super annoying. And this is why I could never watch like regular TV again. But also with um, YouTube premium, you also get Google Play Music premium, which lets you stream and download like as much music. It's basically Spotify premium, but for Google. Okay. Anyway, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, it, like what I'm trying to say is like, I would get it if like the streaming services were marketing to different age groups or generations or just had different people that they're marketing to. But if the same types of people are watching the same types of shows on all on, you know, the three big ones, Amazon, Hulu and Netflix, why do they need to be different services? If they have the same types of like 30 minute comedies or dramedies or whatever on each one. So annoying. I'm going to I'm going to stop saying it's so annoying. Well, yeah. Thanks for agreeing with me. Um, what else do we have? Apple Store employees. Oh, yeah. So those. this is a real, very, very, I guess, uh, negative story. So, um, so this is about Apple Store employees stealing photos off her phone. So there was a story about a woman who went into the Apple store. I think this was like somewhere in California. And she went in for a basic screen replacement because she cracked her screen. So she hands her phone over to the Apple store person. And then he's like, starts scrolling through her stuff. She's like, he like keeps asking her for her passcode. And basically like, it seemed pretty sketchy, I guess, when she was in the store because it seemed like he was just going through like her stuff. But she thought, oh, he's just checking diagnostics or something like that. Um, and then she goes home, like they fix the screen, she goes home and then she checks her messages and there's a message to like an unknown number. And it was a picture, like it was a private photo of herself that she took for like her husband or her boyfriend or something like that. So, like, yeah, that could happen. <laughs> that is so shady. Yeah. What happened to that employee? So Tell me they fired him. Yeah, so Apple, I think Apple did fire him. Um, 
And this isn't really the first time it's happened either. There was actually like, there was a really like crappy instance in Australia where photos were stolen off of um, female customers' phones, shared among the employees, and the women were ranked by their bodies. No. And all of them were fired. But then like, the thing is like Apple can't like opened up an investigation, but then they came back saying that like it was like they had inconclusive evidence or something like that of it happening. But I mean, whatever, at least they fired them, which. Oh, my gosh, that's so terrible. Yeah, that is really, really horrifying. And I guess. I don't know, but thinking of Apple like, and I just consider it, I just think of, like, really high-level customer service, like, white gold customer service, because you are paying that premium for an Apple product, so you kind of expect more, and I think, like, I, um, I wrongly expect a higher level of professionalism and quality from their store employees, too, but really, like, that's, I have no basis for that expectation, like, at the end of the day, they're just, employees like they're just people like anyone can be a creep that's true i mean anyone can be a creep but also i I do think you're right you're paying a premium when you get apple products and you know other products out there of various different kinds um but if you're paying more for something and you're expecting that higher level of service whoever they're hiring to do that service maybe I don't know. Is there better background checks and training that they can do? Is it that they never explicitly said in their training, you aren't expected to steal customer photos? Like, I'm just wondering if people just kind of found loopholes and did it that way, which doesn't make it okay. But it's just like, you know, it's like, whose fault is it at the end of the day? It's like, could they have hired better people or did they hire good people and the good people were bored and wanted to do something terrible? Either way, it's very, very horrible. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think it's this could be mitigated if they weren't so like secretive about like, about how they do things. Like they do like any like simple thing and then they take your like phone or laptop to the back room where like nobody's watching. So like I feel like that opens up a lot of opportunities for like sketchy things to happen. But if they like I don't know how hard it would be just like change a phone screen like you could even have like a, I don't know, a small dedicated table where like the customer can watch you fix their screen. But I yeah. guess there's also like maybe they have like a bunch of phones that they have to work on at the moment, and like they won't immediately get to like their customers. That's so true. Then the customer has to like come back in like 45 minutes to I don't know. But still, like even if they had like out in the open, not in some like shady back room, which I don't know what goes on back there. It's always been a mystery to me. <laughs> I just assumed it was technical people doing their little thing and they didn't want to be bothered by customers, which I get, but yeah, that's shady and terrible. Yeah. Well, in other news about people being horrible. (laughs) um, So in one of my other newsletters, there is news about how Bolivia, I believe didn't have, um, well, whatever it's called, if it's like their president, but they didn't have a leader Mm -hmm. of their country. Um, And it was like, there have been a series of resignations, um, let's see, including vice president, head of the Senate, who is next in line. Um, 
So there was something that stood out to me where it says, meanwhile, the country is in chaos with protesters looting and carrying out acts of violence and arson. And this is from the Daily Skim newsletter. And it's just like, what is wrong with humanity that the moment there isn't a leader of a country, everything goes hog wild and people are stealing and looting and stuff. And I'm just like, where are the good people in the world? Like, I'm trying to imagine what I would do if all of a sudden we didn't have a president. And it's like, I know other people would go crazy because our country isn't, you know, our world isn't full of good people. So, of course, if we suddenly didn't have a president, I know there's people in America that would go crazy. There's people that would be doing things they shouldn't be doing. But I'm like, is it that the good people would be influenced by the bad people doing things? So they would be like, F it. I'm not going to pay attention to the rules either. Or is it just that... I don't know. Is there more bad people than there are good people? Is it just because we only hear about the bad people in the news and that we're not hearing about the good people in this leaderless country right now? It was just yeah, really I'm upsetting. sure they're not going to report on like, oh, like this man gave away his last piece of bread while like people are <laughs> <laughs> robbing and looting entire like, I don't know, markets or whatever. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. It's, Yeah. I do think that there are fewer acts of good going on. And also the whole like going like going into total anarchy thing, I think that is more um that tends to happen in areas where like people are facing economic difficulty. So like Bolivia is not like a super rich com- country and people first of all already aren't happy. That's why like you have government leaders like resigning and things like that so like they have very very like little holding them back from doing whatever and getting like whatever they need like say like they're already poor and they need food for their family and like they're not making enough money already and that's why they're like protesting all these all this government and you know hey there's no government let me take all the food i want that's a really good point I don't really consider that. And I think if it were to happen here, we would kind of see the same thing happening. Like places that would like fall into chaos first would be like the poorer areas. And like I think eventually if it lasted long enough, like everywhere would be like total chaos and anarchy. But like it would definitely be like start off and be the worst in like the poorer areas. I think you're right. I'm kind of now just picturing like a zombie apocalypse without the zombies. Yeah. Total anarchy <laughs> everywhere. Much. Oh, all right. Okay, so now we're going to insert a bit of happy news. And that is, so there's a whole trend of, like, meat alternative products. So now there is a dairy-free ice cream, which I think has existed in the past. Um, but I guess the whole point of this is that you won't be able to tell that it's actually dairy-free. It's, like, totally vegan. It's not made with any nuts or soy products, and it's really hard to distinguish from, like, the real thing. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, keep up the trend. I like it. because, And also, it, it is more sustainable to produce than actual dairy ice cream. And I think that's another important part of it, too. And they say that it's cheaper than organic dairy ice cream. Which they say mm-hmm. organic, which organic stuff is more expensive to begin with. But at least it's not outrageously expensive that's going to prevent people from, like, even trying it. Yeah. You know, we should get some for BL. Yeah. Fun fact, guys. BL <laughs> is dairy 
intolerant and no, what is it? Oh, she's allergic to dairy and lactose intolerant. And I was, yeah. <laughs> when I first met her, I was like, I did not know someone could be both of those at once. And she she's is. allergic to a lot of tree nuts. And this isn't made with any of those. So yes. it'll be perfect for her. That is so exciting. She's probably going to hate it. but <laughs> Well, they say that it, like they've done a lot of taste tests and people say that it tastes pretty close to the real thing. I think right now they only sell it at like a couple of ice cream shops. I'm thinking like, North Carolina. I can't remember exactly where, but they're testing it out in just a few mm. locations right now. Well, that's very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to. I would be happy to try it if it ever comes around to this area. Fingers crossed that it will. Um. All right. One last negative thing here. <laughs> um. I was listening to a podcast that was basically all about decision fatigue, um, analysis paralysis type things which I'm pretty sure most people are familiar with at this point, where it's basically, at least most people I know, common knowledge that the more options you have, the less happy you are. Um, so it was just interesting to me that one of the things they talked about in this podcast was why companies still offer tons of options. So they gave an example of like a grocery store that has like 150 different variations of salad dressings. And it's like someone could walk in there and be like, oh, I need some dressing for my salad. And then they're so overwhelmed, they just decide not to even get a salad dressing. They just walk out of the store. Um, so they were like, why does the grocery store manager continue to stock all of these salad dressings? And it's like they don't realize the income that they're missing and the profits that they're missing by people walking out empty handed. They only see the people walking in being like, I'm looking for chips. And they'll pick up like six different bags of chips and be fine. And it was just an interesting way to look at it because it's always driven me crazy. And I, I feel like this goes back a little bit to, you know, why do we need all the streaming services? It's a little bit like decision fatigue and analysis paralysis. They actually talked about in this podcast episode, the girl was like, you can open Netflix and it'll have so many recommendations for you. And yeah, it's recommended for you. And she's like, but you get bored of looking for, you don't know what you're looking for that you end up just, just picking like, the office and watching it again for the umpteenth time. And it like drove me crazy listening to it, but I'm just like, yes, yes. So like, why are companies continuing to let us just walk around in circles, confused and tired from trying to make decisions? Um, one thing that I kind of thought about on my own too, is like, uh, I don't know. So a company might just offer a ton of options because, <sighs> Okay. I'm trying to like figure out the best way to say this. Um, like for example, Oreo, like you guys know, like every season there's like a new Oreo flavor or like you'll see this with chips and they're like, help us pick our new flavor of chips. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like a potato chips, a potato chip. You don't need to flavor it with nonsense. Um, but they come up with all these ridiculous flavors. I'm pretty sure there's been like a pumpkin spice Oreo and there's like birthday cake Oreo. And there's all these different things. And on one hand, I'm like, Okay, I get it. Because if you like, quote unquote, create something new, you're going to draw people in, maybe people who've like left the Oreo bandwagon and they're like, I'm done eating Oreos. But then they're like, I'm really excited about this new flavor. I'm going to go get it. Or you have an Oreo fanatic who's like, I'm even more excited about this flavor. I'm going to go get this box in addition to this other box of Oreos I have at home. So I kind of get that they just keep creating new and new things because they're drawing people in. But it's also like, why? Just stop it. Just make one quality thing or like one or two quality things and like, let it be. Stop drowning people 
and making them exhausted and unhappy with all of these options. Yes, I 100% agree, which is why when I go to the grocery store now, I just get the most generic looking thing of what I'm looking for. So oftentimes it's going to be the store brand. It's because they have like one thing and I go to Wegmans. Wegmans has pretty good quality, like store brand stuff. So I'm, you know, pretty comfortable. Like, you know, I want Caesar dressing and they have one, they might have like a light Caesar dressing and like a garlic Caesar dressing, but they have a regular Caesar dressing. I'm like, okay, regular Caesar dressing. Like I want the generic one and I just get that. And like, but sometimes it's like hard to find that too. Because it's like... It's buried in all the options. Yeah, it's buried in all the options. And this also happens to me with potato chips. Sometimes I just want regular chips. And I go down the aisle and looking at all these chips and there's so many flavors. And I go down a whole rabbit hole. And then by the end of it, I'm like, God, I'm so tired. I just want to go home. And then I'm like, I don't really need chips. It's junk food. And I just go home. So now I have two things. Like, yeah, that's how I feel like when I get almonds. Like, I'll go down the nut aisle, which is also the chip aisle. And there's so many different kinds of almond, like roasted almonds and unroasted. And then there's like the salted caramel almonds. And then there's this type of almond. There's this, And then you slide into the cashews and there's like six or seven different types of cashews. And then there's all the peanuts. And again, it's like, what if you just want a basic nut? Like, stop it. Um, one thing I will say I appreciate, though, is like I can understand there being different options for health or dietary reasons. So like people that have celiac, yeah, it's nice that there's options for gluten-free people that are into health and like very organic food. Like it's great that whole food exists. Like maybe go there to get your stuff. You don't need like. But they should have their own aisles, which Wegmans does. Wegmans does have like an allergy, allergen free aisle and like a gluten-free aisle in like an or all natural organic aisle and all that stuff is there which is great because it helps declutter some of the regular stuff yeah that's a good way of doing it if they could like separate by whoever they're marketing to i like uh, that maybe they could just have an aisle where it was like plain everything and you could get your plain potato chips and your plain almonds and like i don't know you know what i just realized that comes in plain we just need to shop and like Aldi because <laughs> it's like I've, all their own brands but I've considered it but it's also like it's not guaranteed to be the healthiest stuff and that's why I don't want to go there because uh, yeah. what are the odds that the peanut butter they'll have there isn't like the generic version of Jif rather than the generic version of hey here's peanuts in a jar that we just ground up that's true or Trader Joe's which also that's has well it's, I think Trader Joe's has like slightly higher higher quality and like more health oriented stuff than Aldi Aldi is like basically just generic groceries yeah which I'm, i love the concept but again they're not who i'm marketing to yeah they are super cheap though go aldi i went there once for like a bag of chips because i was like oh it's right next door and i just want to see what they have like chips like a large bag of chips is like a dollar or less whereas it's like three or four dollars at like a regular grocery store it's like super it's cheap it's crazy <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I think you're, you still have more time on your decision fatigue. <laughs> I was basically ranting as I was typing up all of my notes on it, but how I choose my next podcast. So for a long time, when I listened to podcasts, I subscribed to probably like 25 podcasts. 
And I used to go through like once every three months and I would pick one single episode to add to my queue for, you know, all 25 podcasts. And then I'd be listening to all of these podcast episodes one after another for like months until I went through like 25. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for another round. And thank goodness I've like changed the way I listen to podcasts now. But I found myself recently, I would open up my podcast. And when I only had one or two left in my queue, I was like, let me go add a couple more. So I don't like run out mid run or something. Um, and I'd find myself just like scrolling through being like, well, oh, that sounds interesting, but let me see what else there is. Ooh, maybe there's a more interesting one. than." That. And I was too afraid to like click on one to add it to my queue. Cause I was like, there's going to be a better one down there. And I'm just like, no, there I am again, chasing like the best of the best, like analysis paralysis. I got to make sure I choose the best next episode. So I've decided to stop doing that. And I'm much happier now. I just opened my app. And it only shows like three or four podcast episodes at a time to add. And if none of them look appealing, I'll swipe one of them out of the way. So it deletes. If the next one that comes up looks appealing, I'm like, that's good. It's good enough for me. If it looks interesting, I'm going to add it to my queue. I'm not going to keep browsing and wasting my time looking for the best episode. And I'm kind of just proud of myself for that. I feel like I'm giving a big middle finger to all the companies out there trying to shove all the options down our throat. Well, good for you, Amber. Thanks, Paul. I have not done that. So I scroll through hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Get on my level. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> All right. So um, let's just take a quick break and we'll start our next segment then. Boop, boop, boop. And we're back. Hi. All right. So we have a we have a couple of baby nuggets to share with you. And the first one is about electric bicycles. So I didn't know this, but apparently there's like a huge stigma against electric bicycles in the cycling world, quote unquote, um, because people perceive them as cheating because you're cycling, but it's like no effort. But actually, that's not true. Um, there was some research done and they compared um, this is like, I think it's specifically to mountain biking. So they compared um, physical exertion um, when you're on a regular cycle versus whether you do an electric cycle. And they were measuring the heart rate levels, um, like the average heart rate levels, just to measure like, they were only measuring like one aspect of this, which was cardio um, or like heart rate. Mm -hmm. and not like actual, I guess, like the lactic acid that builds up in your muscles or anything more in-depth like that. They were just measuring heart rate levels. Okay. Um, so the results were that the heart rate levels of the people in the electric cycles were only like maybe like a few percentage points lower than the people on the actual regular bicycles. That's really surprising to me because I... yeah. Maybe I don't know how electric bikes work, but I literally thought you just sat there and didn't pedal at all. No, no, no. So that would be an electric motorcycle. <laughs> but an electric bicycle, basically, you still have to pedal, but it gives you kind of like an assist. Like there's an electric motor that gives you an assist, so it makes it easier to pedal. Say you were going uphill. Like instead of like pedaling like your ass off, like you would the electric motor would be helping you kind of going up the hill. Oh. So you wouldn't have to pedal as hard. Interesting. And you can only go as fast as you can pedal still. So like, I think your max speed would still be the same, but your effort would be less. So I think, so I have a couple of 
I have a theory on why this study like found like the, the results of the study came to be. So I think because when you're on an electric cycle, like you're getting a lot of assistance from the electric motorcycle, so it makes it easier to go faster. So I think the people on those electric cycles were actually going faster, but they were exerting the same amount of energy as people pedaling slower on a regular bike. But they even like did an interview of like the people on electric bikes. They said, that, oh, it was it seemed like a lot easier. But I think that's just like perception because you're going faster and maybe they, you know, that made it more enjoyable or, you know, they were able to go. I don't know, something like that. Like, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like it makes sense. Maybe they were going like <clears throat> 25 miles an hour, but their effort level was the same as someone going like 15 miles yeah, an hour. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Very surprising. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So that was my baby nug. Okay. My nug. We wanted to make sure that we ended this episode on a positive note. I think we'll try that every time because that's just the way to do everything. Yeah. I was reading about this marathon that takes place in Canada. Uh, it's called Banff, B-A-N-F-F. When I say Banff, I think B-A-M-F. So it's definitely not that. Um, but apparently it's like 80 miles outside of Alberta, Canada, and it's... Um, known as the greenest marathon. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, cool. Like it must be like very green and like scenic there. And no, it's actually like most environmentally friendly. And I just thought when I was reading about it, it would be really cool to see these ideas in other big events that draw people to cities. So one of them was that they recycle everything. Um, instead of trash cans, they feature sorting stations that route the materials to recycling facilities so everything is recycled from your race bib, which is the little number that you wear on your shirt, to gel wrappers, which is like a little fuel that people take and then they normally toss on the ground if they don't find a trash can. Um, so in 2018, the marathon diverted 100% of their waste from landfills. And this is something that I've mentioned to you before, Paul, but I was like, I would pay to throw my trash away if I knew that they would recycle every single thing. And even my recycling, like I would pay to make sure that everything in my recycling was actually reused. Because sometimes when I throw something in the recycling, especially here where we live, I feel like they don't do a great job keeping the recycling sorted. Um, we have two massive bins and people just kind of dump anything that's quote unquote recyclable in there. Yeah. Cause it's not like clearly labeled in the first place. Yeah. So I there's... have to like stare at the bins for like five minutes. Well, not five minutes, but like a while to like figure out, Oh yeah, this one's the commingle <laughs> and this one's the paper. Yeah. So it's like, I get concerned when I throw things in my recycling bin and I'm like, is this really going to be recycled at the end of the day? Um, so I just think it's really cool that they're throwing this event and marathons, you know, they're like anything else. They generate a lot of waste. And I think it's amazing that they recycled 100% of everything there. Um, something else I thought was really cool was that they, um, their race bibs. So if you keep it after the race, they give participants free bus rides for the weekend on the park's green public transit system. And I was like, how cool would that be? Like, to go visit a city, maybe you're going for like a football game or something. Not that I'm a football fan, but if you like fly somewhere to watch your team play and you're in the city that you don't live in and maybe with your ticket, it means you get free transit riding. So you don't have to pay for an Uber or a Lyft. You're not getting cabs. Like it's just encouraging people to a be more green, but it's like also a built-in expense with their ticket, which I just thought was cool 
for, you know, two reasons. Yeah, that would be really, that's actually really, really awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think it'd be really cool if not only other marathons kind of started doing what they're doing, but like just any other big city event, you know, the comic cons, anything that draws a big crowd of people to a city. It'd be really cool to see them incorporate more environmentally friendly things. Wait, you didn't mention this, but they have edible cups <laughs> where you could literally eat the cups because it's made from something derived from corn. But then if you look at the end, it says, you could eat them if you wanted to, but we don't suggest it. And I was like, yep, that, <laughs> that sounds gross. But yeah, it is pretty cool. They're not giving out like plastic or paper yeah, cups. Yeah, if you're about to hit the wall, just eat the cup <laughs> for extra carbs. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed episode three. Um, all feedback is welcome at conversationnuggets at gmail.com. And we we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. We'll check in next week. Bye. Bye.